Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Good evening and welcome to night four of the Grand Slam Fallout Bar. And what a night we have had of darts. We've had a few days with nothing riding on. But a lot of dames with a lot riding on and some brilliant arts, brilliant drama. And I am joined by Dan Simpson. How are you doing, my friend? I'm very well, thank you very much, Dave. Yeah, very good. And what a, you, you hit the nail on the head there. What a good night. They have certainly saved the best to last in those opening group matches. What a way to finish. And it set up some rather interesting... Well, certainly an interesting next few days, hasn't it? Absolute cracker of a night tonight. Really good. Yeah, and just before we go into the dames, um, first of all, let's go into the chat room and just say a quick hello to the people who are in. We've got Jack who was in nice and early. I'd seen earlier on. Daniel is in the chat room. How you doing, my friend? Tom is in. Daniel, Colin, Matthew. If I've missed anyone, I apologise, but... Just before we go into the dames, Dan, these these Monday and Tuesday nights of the Grand Slam can sometimes offer up quite a lot of dead rubbers and then at two or three dames that have an awful lot riding on it and sometimes we don't quite have the drama that you can that we've seen tonight. But, my God, tonight we have seen quite a lot of brilliant darts and not just from dames that mean something. And I know we'll touch upon those certain names shortly, but actually all eight of those names have produced something tonight. Yeah, it was it was really good. And you're right, we, we've had, over the last few years, we've had a, a few flat Monday and Tuesdays. Yeah, we're not much riding on them and not much depending on it. But it, it really has. I think throughout the, the night, obviously, there was there was big events on on who went through and who didn't go through. And, and obviously, we'll, we'll come to some of that in a bit. But, but there seemed to be sort of, Peril at every every turn tonight. As we went through the evening, there, there was big changes, not just to who was going through, but what the draw looked like tomorrow, and and, and also what those difference in in finishing positions meant in the order of merit. Because we are at that really really important time of year where you could potentially be or not be a seed for the world championships, and people are running out of opportunities to do that. And, and, and also you know, the, those seeded draws as well. You know, there's there's some really, really interesting interesting things to come out of, of, of tonight and yesterday. It's been very, very interesting. And I think, Dan, you've hit the nail on the head there. It's a, it's a crucial time of the year. We've got, we've got so much to play for in regards to seedings, in regards to tortard races. There's so much riding on each individual wins. And, just a knock on, just a certain win finishing third and that you're a bit more money. Obviously, getting into the knockout stages then, obviously, it's just a completely sort of open-ending amount of money that you can win on the PDC Tour when you're on a TV event that can be life-changing. So, one win or in, in moments tonight, one leg can be so crucial in your sort of, in your next few months and going into the rest of the season. So, I think it's the perfect time to go into... And the night's action will go in the order of play as it was, um, just before we go into 
that, just a, a huge thank you as always to Bowl Sports, our sponsors. It's the first night I've done it for a few weeks. I'm always going to forget something, Dan. So that, that's hopefully my one mistake for tonight, just missing off the sponsors at the start. But I'll make sure I, uh, and I name drop them then towards the end. But just going into that first day and then, as I said, every game offered something tonight, even if there wasn't much riding on it. This was probably the one of the games that when you saw on paper that there wasn't anything riding on it, it wasn't one that really got you off the seat. However, when the game got underway, there was some very good stuff, even though there was inconsistency from um, what I mean around the dates. But there was some good stuff in there as well. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't. And when you look at the statistics, you don't look at it and think it's a, you know, it, it, it's a great. It's, it's not very often a player will 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 win five one, only drop one leg, but average eighty eight, which is what Otamina managed to get through the game at this evening. Um, so you know, it, 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 we didn't start the the evening completely on fire, but it was. I, I think the best way I would describe it, and we use the word quite a bit, is it was a it was a very professional. Performance from from what I mean, and, and he, he he just turned up and and played played the board and and beat his opponent very comfortably, and and put, you think he might be playing his way into a little bit of of form. I think you know his form has been very up and down. So I just think coming through that game with the, with a with a very comfortable score is going to be really really good for him, and and he definitely looks like a, a player that's on the up at the minute, doesn't he? Yeah, and we've got no clips this evening. Hopefully, from tomorrow night, we'll start having them. Um, the clips coming through. Obviously, with eight games, there is a very quick turnaround of that knees on. But I have had a listen to what I mean as interview, and just to give sort of a bit of overview of what Jermaine said is that form that he had back in, I think, he's 2018. Um, that he, he's finding himself getting back to what was the, the best version of Jermaine What I mean, and we've seen. And yes, maybe we didn't see it throughout the whole of this game, but. Coming into this group with Leonard Dates, who we've seen do some fantastic stuff. Johnny Clayton, we know the ability of Johnny Clayton. And Damon Etta, yes, hasn't got a great TV record. However, his performances on the tour have been very good. We've obviously seen him pick up the World Cup. And a recent uh, um, floor winner. To get through this group, for me, however he played was enough to lift the confidence of someone like Jermaine Wettermeen. And the fact he's played very well over these three games. On with you, the, the confidence boost must be massive now going into the rest of this week. Yeah, definitely. Because if we're you know if we're really honest, the there wasn't and you know we see you know we, we live in that sort of darts world and we see you know we see everyone on Twitter and we see what people comment in the chat room here and everything else. There wasn't a great deal of people that regardless of Damon Hetner's record on television that, that had picked Jermaine Watanamina to come through this group. Um, and he's come through it in the end very comfortably. So he, he's he's gone against what a lot of people expected. And and an informed Jermaine Watamina is, is a really, really exciting prospect. And, and, you know, we'll see what he can do with that form and that confidence later this week. But, you know, we'll keep alluding to it. It is certainly the right time of year to start to hit a bit of form. And and I think regardless of how he goes in in the last sixteen, he's going to take something from from these last few days and the way that he's played and come through that group. And 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 we'll come to them in a bit. But I think you know others may not take a great deal, and and, and others may take it in a in a slightly negative uh, way going forwards. 
And Jermaine, what I mean is win. What that did for the next game was meant that Damon Hetter needed to whitewash Johnny Clayton. And no real surprise here to see that that was ended within the second leg. But Damon Hetter then went on to win that day in 5-2. And disappointment for Damon Hetter, who I think Lutton at this group would have fancied getting through the group. As I said, if many people are predicting that Damon had come through uh, with Johnny, the fact he's got the two wins, but the lead difference have really impacted him. It's looking back over the, the three games, it's that first one that's really a Jermaine Watamina beating uh, Damonetta 5 2 on that opener was a shot, but it certainly damaged his chances then moving forward. It, it is, and, and that, if we're honest, is, is pretty much where the group was decided because, you know, with the greatest respect to, to, to Leonard Gates, I think. You know, even, even those who, who didn't pick Jermaine to go through, they they sort of picked Johnny Clayton and one of Hetter or what I mean. And that's what we all that's where we all thought this group was going to go. So I, I think once that game went first and 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 Jermaine won it, Damon Hetter was was always going to be up up against it and and, and very unlikely to come through. Now, yes, he's won that game five two. What he's then started to do, I think, is he's he, he's He's played well and he's managed to get his darts going once the shackles have come off and, and, and once the hope is gone. And you know what? And 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 the the tournament was essentially over then, and the pressure was on. Those first couple of legs, the pressure was absolutely massive on Damon Hetter tonight. And I don't think it's a coincidence that once that pressure's disappeared, yes, he got the disappointment of not going through, but once that pressure's gone, he's able to put his darts where he wants them to go. Um, I, so I don't think that win over Johnny Clayton tonight is a particularly, you know, is a particular sign that Damon Hetter can get it done on the television because he, he all those legs came when when they didn't matter. Yeah, but and, and to that point, you you've sort of alluded to it there. His TV form hasn't been right. There's been a lot of first round defeats. Grand Slam is slightly different. I don't really want to say a group stage is a first round defeat. However, it's the equivalent of it, it's the earliest you can, but not out obviously in this the stage. And well, he got beaten his first match, so if it was a knockout, he's out, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, very, very, very true, mate. But I guess trying to trying to look at it positively, positively for Damon Hetter, he's, he's climbing up the rankings, and to, for someone to be able to climb up the rankings and be knocked out in the first round, is it just it's that win on TV that's needed, that big sort of first round win, that beating a top 16 player or beating a top eight player in a in a first or second round and that maybe will change that confidence on TV stage for Damon. Does we know the Dames there? Yeah, I think so. And 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 I think what will be interesting, we're, we're obviously only a few weeks, I know we're, we're mid-major at the minute, but we are only a, a matter of days, a couple of weeks away from the, from the championship finals. And he's obviously very well seeded going into that. And that, whilst he will find himself on the television because he's very well seeded, it's a slightly different tournament. You know, I, I, I'm devastated to not be at that tournament this year because it's one of my absolute favourites to, to be present for. But I just think that that might be the place where he can start to to get a couple of wins on the on the, on the board on, on a on a television event, and I, I think he, he'll have his eye on that. I think. And then just moving on, uh, just sort of one question for me around Johnny Clayton, and 
he's lost today, but he was already through. And we've seen certainly different levels of performances from players who are already through. We've seen some outstanding stuff from players who have already got the place in. And some people who have sort of relaxed and are ready. But if we just look at Johnny Clayton over the group, um, 10 lads played before tonight, 10 lads won, uh, was on for Tours to be the best ever group winner. I think they needed to win 5-1, to have even been 5-2 to, to match Phil Taylor. Um, but from a numbers perspective, Dan, and I, I know we don't want to look too much into numbers, but he's only averaged 92, 89 and 85. So mean average of that, around that 89 average. It's not a great standard by Johnny Clayton, but was it just all about getting through for him and now with him building blocks to move I, forward? I think it is for everybody, barring one or two. You know, there, there are, there, there, I think for for virtually everybody in this tournament, then their, their absolute main and, and only focus, essentially, is getting through that group and getting into a knockout round where they can start to play you know, knockout matches. I think there are individuals within that uh, sphere that in which topping the group and, and having really high numbers and breaking records and, and, and showing the world how good they are is, is very important. I don't think that's the case for Johnny Clayton. I, I think Johnny Clayton will get a very happy man coming out of that group and going into the round of 16, regardless of that result tonight. So just to confirm in Group F, we had Johnny Clayton on top with four points, Jermaine Watamina second on four points, Damon Hetter third on four points, missing out by um, one led to match Jermaine, so two was needed on the average, and then Leonard Dates finished bottom of that group. Then we moved on, just checking the order of players enters, I've got results up from everywhere. Then we moved on to Group G, which was... Opened with a fantastic game between one up and thumb and star in Nathan Rafferty, and probably the same could be said about Luke Woodhouse. Yeah, we've seen a lot more of Luke than we have Nathan, but still a long career in this sport you'd expect. And what a game of darts this was, Dan. Oh, it's unbelievable. And it is, it, it is, it's two up and coming superstars, isn't it? And, and you know, you, you look at their current rankings and, and you, and, you'd be fooled into thinking that this wasn't going to be a really high caliber game of, of, of two top performers. But that is just the way that darts and darts rankings work. Um, you know, the stats that we saw in this game were, were absolutely top draw, to be honest. The 170 out from Luke Woodhouse, which I believe, um, I've not been on the show this week, but I've been in the chat room every night. That was the first one, I think, Lee, was it, of the tournament? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's all right, so, Yeah. You know, the first 170 that we've seen, um, just 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 impressive all round. I, I was really, really impressed with Nathan Rafferty. Um, you know, we've seen Nathan play really well last year. Um, he certainly hasn't disgraced himself this year. He's given a really good account of himself, and and again, you know, playing himself into some form at the right time of the year. I, I think I think he's done a, a cracking job tonight. And both guys had a, had a superb game. You know, just looking against the game that we talked about a minute or two ago, the average is there, 101 average. I mean, it's not very often that you're gonna be in the situation that Woodhouse is in tonight where he's hit five 180s, he's averaged 101. 
He's, he's checked 170 out and he's not got over the line. He was 66% on the doubles as well. He hit four out of six. Like, he, he's, he's, it's just that Rafferty's had an absolutely unbelievable game. Right, not not quite there on every stat, really, Rafferty. You know, Woodhouse had, if, you, if you're a numbers person, Woodhouse had all the numbers. But, like our friend says, sometimes you've just got to do the right things at the right time. And that's exactly what Nathan Rafferty did through the course of that game. Yeah, he, he did it for the first time and it was always on his throw um, how well that he, he, he really played. I know there was a couple of breaks in there, but generally the reason that Rafferty was five points less than Luke Woodhouse is the amount of pressure Luke Woodhouse was putting him under and Rafferty was taking it out. And hopefully you'd like to see Rafferty take that sort of pressure doubling away from him. Slightly different this evening because there was nothing riding on it for Rafferty, but what a performance by the young man. Um, and equally, you know, if, if you're going to go out, you want to go out in style. And Luke Woodhouse has certainly done that with the first 170. As I said, the, as you said, the number of 180 and the 101 average is not to be sniffed at. But moving on then to the second game in Group G, Dan. Um, this game had absolutely nothing riding on it because of what happened the day before, unless Ross Smith done something magnificent and completely uh, I think whitewashed MVG to have jumped above him but what a game of darts so just run through some numbers Dan before I come to you 104.8 for MVG 107.92 for Ross Smith we had nine leads of darts that included 11 180s nine of which from Ross Smith which is a um, a new record we also had a 145 check out from MVG with both players averaging, well, one averaging 50% and one averaging 55%. Sometimes numbers don't tell you about a game of darts, but my God, that does. <laughs> oh, it, it, I mean, it just, any, any, I mean, I feel like we're a bit out, run out of words at the minute, I think, for some of the way that Ross Smith plays. And he is just a man that looks at times absolutely imperious. And and there's, you know, he, he's Ross has always had a tremendous game. We've known that for a few years. And we've watched him on Pro Tour events and we, we, we've always knew he could turn it on. What we just started to see, I think, is, is all of those glimpses we used to get on the Pro Tour events of him just doing special things here and there. And he's managing to find a level of consistency with that at the minute. I appreciate this hasn't been over an extended period of time. I mean, I'm talking about a period of a, of a couple of, well, weeks rather than months at, at the moment. But if he can start to sustain the, the level at which he's playing at the moment on television, under pressure, in big events against top players, then the next 12 to 18 months is going to be very, very interesting for, for Ross Smith because, you know, the, the way he came out tonight, playing against Michael Van Gerwen, and I appreciate he's got nothing to lose, but neither did Michael Van Gerwen either. And we, and we know that Michael Van Gerwen cares about winning the group and cares about coming top, but he cares about winning darts matches. Like Michael Van Gerwen does not want to lose a darts match and he will fight and crawl whether it means anything or not. Um, and to come out and put on a display like that is is absolutely superb in in my eyes. And again, we'll come to the nuance of of, of what means what later on. But for me, has has 
has played himself in amazing form into what I think is the tie of the round of 16. Not just yet, Dan. Not just yet. We'll move on to that shortly. Not just yet. But what that meant for Group G was that MVG did top the group um, on four points with a plus six. Ross Smith was second um, on four points as well with a plus three. Luke Woodhouse missing out on two points, as did Nathan Rafferty on two points. Luke Woodhouse finishing third on minus four and Rafferty on minus five. So then we moved on. So just past the halfway mark, we had a game between Alan Souter and Fallon Sheriff. But Fallon, was, who was already eliminated, Alan Souter was in a position where he just needed really the best result possible. A 5-0 would have got him through automatically. Anything else was just then putting him in a better position before Peter Wright and Nathan Aspinall went head-to-head. And this time of darts, we just spoke about the numbers in the other one. But if someone said to me, you can watch a Dane bat tonight, this probably would be that Dane because the moments in this, and I know there's a certain lead where oh. Fallon sits perfect and Suter, it's a wonderful 1-3-2 with yeah. impossible second bullseye. But this Dane as a whole, it it just showed where Alan Suter's Dane's thumb over the past couple of months probably since qualification and the Pro Tours recently. But equally, I'm glad that we got to see this side of Fallon because it's not been a great tournament for her. It's not been a great few months for her in regards to the levels that we know she can perform. But today, she certainly showed glimpses of quality with a few 180s in there and the seats perfect in there. And near enough, all those legs pushing, pushing Alan Suits all the way. Yeah, and and you know again five, five two. In all honesty, I, I think he's a generous you know it's a generous scoreline for for Alan Suter. You know he, he did enough to win, and he, and he's obviously got you know got through that seemingly quite comfortably. But but Fallon was there or thereabouts in in most of those legs. You know she she did put the pressure on, and she forced Alan Suter to play. Some, something. I mean, as I say, the one three two was absolutely incredible. That that second bullseye that went in was absolutely remarkable. Um, really impressive stuff. But she forced that, and she and she did. She played the best that certainly the best that she's played this week. Um, really, really good to see her. Certainly, I think she's had a bit of a um, you know, I don't want to say a stressful week, but like it, it, there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of she she does get. Uh, she has more media commitments than than most of the other players um, to do. She has a lot of potential distractions that are, you know that are all going along and sitting alongside as well. Um, and I think she's given a really good account of herself. She's she's the the end of the group stage has almost come at the wrong time. But you sort of feel that it was around when everyone played each other twice. She she'd probably be there at the end. She'd probably be pushing for it at the end because she's improved as the tournament's gone on. She's just run out of matches. Yeah, but, and it's strange to look at that from a again from an average perspective. Tonight was her weakest performance. However, watching that game, as I said, it was a, it was a very interesting watch. It was something that. Um, it's one that to look back on, because there was there was signs of of that Dane from Fallon Sherry coming back to like says what we've seen before and what she's produced on TV. But 
I think it would only be right to move on to um, one of the stops in the group being Alan Suter, who at this point was waiting nervously that he knew that a Nathan Aspinall result going very, very well or a Peter Wright result going very, very well would have helped him. Or both of which that are one and still not Alan Suter out. So he was going back into the back room, not really having one player to support, but supporting either of them to do really well. It was a very, very strange position let, that he was in. To be really honest, like he can't have been too confident either, you know, because because in all honesty, what he needed to happen was probably to most people the least likely outcome. You know, I think everybody thought this was going to be a, a close game. You know, I had this mark for a four-all deciding leg, and I think a lot of people thought it was going to be, you know, at least. Five three, you know that. That I think, you know, what he needed was was what we were least likely to get. But lo and behold, that is exactly what we did get in the end. Yeah. So we'll we'll move we'll move on to um, we'll we'll come back to the group as whole, but we'll move on to that second day now. That the was Peter Wright versus Nathan Aspinall. And for anyone who didn't watch it, Peter Wright was two one in front in this one. Um, and missed two darts. I can't remember off the top of my head which double it was, but missed two darts at a double to lead 3-1, which would have been enough to secure Peter Wright's passage into the next round, and then Nathan Aspinall would have needed to down and win the game. However, Peter Wright missed with those two, and then Nathan Aspinall went on to win four on the bounce to knock out one Stotsman, but to put another Stotsman into the last 16, and we saw the world champion get knocked out at the group stages, which... I called last Monday, but I did not call it in Alan Suter coming through the other side. Um, but Nathan Aspinall, what a win. And we've mentioned it plenty of times, Dan, whether it's been with yourself or other people on the show. How much bottle has Nathan Aspinall got? I think he's got as much as anybody on the tour. I think he's, you know, probably he probably sits very, very much at the top of that. At the top of that pile, he he is and appears unflappable in a lot of situations. That he just he just manages to dig in. Um, he, he's he's a proper fighter in terms of getting through matches and knowing what he, and doing what he needs to do. Um, yeah, completely. He you know he went into this game knowing that if he got a bit of a hiding, which let's be honest, he's playing he's playing the world champion. Like Peter Wright dish, Peter Wright dishes out hidings in darts for, 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 a, for a profession that's what he does. Um so he Nathan knew going into this that, that he, he was A the underdog in the match and B, you know, if he did get beat it couldn't be by too much and he had to keep it tight. But just just did he showed a tremendous amount of ball against you know, if we're, if we're completely honest and a bit reflective, probably not the best Peter Wright the, the, or the best version of Peter Wright that we could have seen. It's not very often that Peter Wright plays a match on TV in his highest checkout for 38. Um, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't happen very often at all. So, you know, I don't think he was playing the best version of Peter Wright, but... You've got to, you've got to hit that. You've got to hit the board, and you've got to, you know, in in terms of quality, we, we didn't see, we didn't see a lot of quality. In, in all honesty, from 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 both the the the, the one forty hitting wasn't there for, from either of them really with any consistency. We didn't see a one eighty at all. Um, but Nathan Aspinall did enough 
um, you know, dug in, got where he needed to be, and, and, and he's quite rightfully in the next round. Yeah, just just before we down up and and some sort of sum up um, this through, just looking at Tollins' comments, and I was going to allude to it next anyway, but there's a lot of things um, Tollins put. There was a lot of things on his mind lately with Joe in hospital. So Peter had a lot on his mind, not on the day. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Um, don't know the ins and outs of the story. I know it was mentioned in Tom's that um, Joe got rushed to hospital on Saturday, I believe, due to dullstones. Um, just don't know what I've heard on TV. Heard from what they said that she's okay. She's still in hospital, but she's um, okay now. So from everyone at Online Darts, of course, we send our best wishes to Joe. And yet, when you're up on that board, it's not like there's a, a dame of football or you've got someone sort of there supporting you with Peter Wright and with everyone else in Dart. It is all on you as an individual. And the only time you've got someone of support is when you look down to your left and you've got your, whether it be your management company, your family, your friend, whoever it may be who you've brought support. And we know that when Peter's normally on that stage, it is Joe next to him on that left-hand side who's there to support. So yes, that can have an impact. Yes, there was times that Peter wasn't himself and didn't look himself on the stage. I was surprised to see him do his little um, his little hands up dance. <laughs> we don't normally see that on a joint wartime. No, there was no. just signs there that yeah, Peter wasn't at the levels that Peter is, and hopefully now we can be there for Joe. But I'm still convinced that going into the back end of this tour, down into the back end of the year. He's in the midst of the one of the one and potentially lift a, a, another title, whatever that may be, players' worlds, or then moving into early next year. There's still that down there, isn't there, Dan? Of course, like is Peter right? You know, <laughs> and that and that is it. Is it? Is, you know, it, it, we th- those clutch of players that are at the very, very top of of this game. They they can have as many stinkers as they want, and they will remain. You know, the bookies' favourites going into tournaments because they are the best in the world at throwing darts. And that doesn't happen every single time. You know, Man City don't win every match that they play. You know, but over the course of a long period of time, you had all those games up together, they win a lot more than everybody else does. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, you have got that in, in all sports. And, and, and Peter Wright is, is right at the top of, of darts. Um, and, and you know, yeah, rough spell, bad spell, few bad games. That means nothing to you know to, to somebody like him. He just come out and 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 yeah, and, and you know, we've got an, another tournament in a couple of weeks with a bit of luck. Everything that's been on his mind in the last few days is is, is put to rest, and all is well, and everything turns out perfect. Um, which means he can get dug in because because we know he does like to have a, a, a run in my head as well. Yeah, he certainly does. So. Moving back to the final standings at Group E um, from top to bottom. In first place, to the surprise of Nathan Aspinall himself, was Nathan Aspinall. He didn't know that, that um, the win and the, the manner of that win put him into top spot. So Nathan Aspinall was on four points with a plus six. Alan Souter moved into second um, with four points plus three. Peter Wright then missed out e on one leg. As I mentioned, he finished third on plus two, also with four points, and Fallon Sheriff finished bottom without a win in this year's Grand Slam. And then the final group we had left to see, still had it all to play for. And to be honest, we all sort of expected this to have all to play for because trying to pick 
the names of this on the live lounge last week, I remember that I don't think any of us had the same two players going through. I'm sure someone did have Luke Humphries and Josh Rock. It wasn't me because I had Ryan Sell. Um, but we all had different two in that selection. And this group 100% delivered from day one all the way to the final day tonight, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was termed the group of death as soon as the draw was 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 made public, and, and it you know all over social media, everybody's eyes were on this group as being the, the hardest group to come out of, and and it was it was a really interesting group because you know how often do you, do you see something that people universally right across you know the dark media were, were referring to as the group of death, and it hasn't got a player of the top five in it. It's not like you've got. It's not like you've got a group and you've got Price and Michael Van Gerwen and, and someone else yeah. and Barney's qualified. You know, it, it wasn't that. It, it was just players that that everybody knows have got an unbelievable A game, and and I think that's what it was about in this group. It was about who could find their A game most consistently in in across across those three matches. And I just think that it ended up being very complex and quite mathematical. But that just shows how competitive this group was. And and it swung multiple times throughout the evening as, as you know, just me sat watching it. I must have changed what my order was that I thought was going to happen six, seven, eight times as as the first game, then the second game went on. Um, you know, this the, the first game was was just an absolutely fantastic performance um, from, yeah. from Scott Williams. It, it, it really, really was. And and I have been waiting for Scott Williams to do that well, all this week. Like, I really wanted him, you know, on with all those eyes on him on TV. And, and he has been, I think he's been superb all week in terms of offering some entertainment and some character and some personality and and you know offering every, all, every bit of himself to be honest out to the world and the public on television play play darts and and tonight he carried on doing that but managed to match it with an absolutely stonking performance um you know rattled off we, it, the, the thing it He's only been outdone really by, by that ridiculous performance from Ross Smith earlier in earlier in the night. But you know, 107.46 average, you know, the the six one eighties that he saw, eleven one forties, just darts of the highest level. Um, you know, you don't see people on television playing darts on a short form that good that often. It, it was really, really spectacular to watch. Ryan Searle did not have a bad game at all. You know, Ryan Searle averaged 102 and played really well. You know, was 30, 30 over 30% on his doubles and was was in that game. But just an absolutely stonking performance from Williams that, that gave gave himself the best chance he could hope for. Yeah, you mentioned there, Ryan Searle. Looking at this group as a whole, you, you nailed it there in the sense of it was a group of death because of their A dames and not their B dames. Probably Lou Humphries' B dame is it levels above the other three, but as an A dame, they all can produce ridiculous things. And I think throughout this group, if you looked, and probably three of them have been very close to it tonight, two definitely, have performed their A dame at some point throughout this group. The lowest single average from a player 
at any point. So just in their top average is Josh Roth at 99.26. Scott Williams is 107.46. Luke Humphries is 107.04. And Ryan Searle is 103.59. And Ryan Searle's 103.59 was followed by the 101.92. And that dies finished bottom of the group. Yes, it's not all on numbers. And he's about doing the right stuff at the right time. And I'm totally in belief of that. But for me... If there is one group that has delivered and delivered and more, it is this one. And this dame summed it up because Stock Williams, other than the ridiculous choice of footwear, I thought them yellow shoes were bad the other night, but wearing trainers with yellow um, <laughs> is just a no. But other than that, Stock Williams did everything spot on. Ryan Searle, let's be honest, didn't really put a foot wrong. There wasn't a lot more that Ryan Salter did in the bottom of the group. Uh, yeah, I think you, you know, I sort of hinted at it and you you sort of detailed it better than I did. You know, th this group was about over the course of, you know, potentially um, 27 legs, you know, over three lots and nine legs. Who, who, which two of the four could play their A game for the most of those 27 legs? And and that was that was what this this group was always going to be, you know. The the Ryan Searle and, and Scott Scott Williams have been done by the draw because the the way that those guys have turned up and played this week would have comfortably come through a couple of uh, most other groups. They, those guys would have come through playing the way that they've played. If just playing the board would would have, would have come through. So you know they, they they've been unfortunate to be to be drawn in the group that they have. But it's not unfortunate for us spectators and enjoyers of darts competition because it did make for superb matches um, and some really, really, well, yeah, just interesting and entertaining darts on telly tonight. And what that result did from Stott Williams, um, just to paint the picture moving into that last game, Stott Williams winning 5-3 meant that he needed Lou Humphries to win 5-2 or better. So then we had the last aim and Lou Humphreys versus Josh Roth. Slightly different because I guess if it's a build-up and the bell fighting for something, it could be a little bit different. However, it's also delivered with many other things. Both averaged around the 99 mark. Both had moments of quality, but the one key part of this game was at 3-2, two Luke Humphreys. Josh Roth found a fantastic 1-2-1. One, one. And the only thing that I don't like about this is he apologised for the celebration because he had his mid-dame, but it's not a normal mid-dame. Luke Humphreys already qualified. Josh Roth needed three leads. It's not... It didn't disturb the throw at all. Darwin celebrate Josh Roth because... Yeah. And, the, and the two leads after that, Dan, the smile on his face was just great to see. It, it was I, I so I, I get you know the, the, you know there was no need to apologise you know for the celebration and I think Luke Humphreys was the the main person telling him that there was no need to apologise for that celebration. But the thing is, you know, I think it's it's very when you see him playing the way that he plays, it's very easy to forget how little experience he has in these situations in these tournaments, on Sky TV, playing the very best in the world in, in those, you know, in the in these major tournaments. So like I I, I think 
I'm willing to forgive all manner of different things of, of protocol and procedure because the lad's not done it before. You know, he's not been here before. He hasn't done it. And, you know, he's a debutant in the, in the tournament. Um, and and for me, I just think, you know, he's, he's learning his, his trade. You know, he, he certainly served his apprenticeship and learned his trade as, as a darts player. Um, he's learning his trade now as a televised PDC major player. Um, I, you know, I don't think it was he was disrespectful. I, I don't think it was it was uncalled for or anything like that. I think I think it was a perfectly natural reaction. And I, and I do think you know the only person that you could have potentially argued that it was it was disrespectful to would have been Luke Humphreys, who, from what I, I can figure out, was the the player that was or the person that was most saying to him, you know. Don't worry about it. Well done. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Just just on Luke Humphreys, we will come back to uh, Josh Roth, but just on Luke Humphreys for now. Um, Luke Humphreys is number seven in the world, but without a major TV title, we've seen him pick up numerous Euro Tour titles. I'm sure we'll come on to it more when we're doing his prediction for the last 16 on Wednesday night, as me and you are on for the next three, and we'll talk about then after his name on Thursday. But how close is Luth Humphreys, do you think, to that first title on TV? Oh, um, he's as close as Michael Smith. <laughs> um, you know, it, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think he's... What we haven't seen him do yet is, is well, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? Getting over the line is a big deal. Getting over the line the first time on a big major TV title is a, is a, is a big deal. Um, and and I don't know. I'm, you know he, could surprise, he could surprise the world and he could surprise me. I, I'm not sure whether it's quite there yet in terms of his mentality and, and, him, and him being able to, to get, through that tournament and remain completely composed and 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 get over the line. Um, I'd I'd love to see it. I think it's amazing. I think it'd be great to do. I, I'm not I'm not convinced just yet. You know, we know he's got the game. We know he's got the A game. But 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 winning winning majors and getting over the line is a is a different is a different thing. Um, and I, and I I think I'd like to see a bit more of that. I think that that grit and that composure. And you know, I think if he don't maybe I, I've maybe been swayed a little bit today on the fact that we didn't win that game. I think if he'd have come out tonight and, and beat and beat Rock five five two, I might have thought like this is a guy that knows he can win, that that wants to win this tournament and knows he can win. And I and I, I worry sometimes that later in the tournament that game will creep back into his head and he hasn't you know he's not gone on a run of wins. He's not he's, he hasn't built up some momentum. He's not um I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see over the next few days. I'd love to see it, but I'm not convinced just yet. And just one more on Josh Roth. Um, I'm going to dial back some comments earlier in the chat room. Um, two comments, actually, in both from Scottish FM 51. First one that was put in, does this a dame in the future? We're not going to go into detail on this because we'll preview this tomorrow night, but Josh Roth versus MVG has future World Championship final match written all over it. Very hard to disagree, but Another one that comes to mind that is on this group is Luth Humphries and Josh Roth are the future of darts over the next 30 years. Can't wait to watch their careers unfold. And I can see, obviously, we don't, I don't want to put so much pressure on 
especially young lads, especially Josh Roth, um, Luke Humphreys, probably a little bit more because we've seen more of him, but all the length of time. But what I can't wait for is more matchups between these two, Dan, and more matchups of a, let's say, a first to 16 or a first to, or a best, which we might see later on in the week. Yeah, and we'll come, best we'll, four or five sets. We'll come to that a little bit later on in, in, in the differences that the change in format will, will bring for certain players because there's certain players that this this race to, to five suits very well. There's others it doesn't suit very well at all. And, and then that changes and turns on its head a little bit into the longer format. Just what I'll, I'll tell you, just very quick observation or a thought that I had through the course of the evening. Um, just when when we're talking about you know the future of, of darts and we're talking, you know is it Humphreys and Rock and, and them being forward, I'll tell you what I did. Or the thought that I had tonight when I watched Nathan Rafferty win that game, I sat and thought to myself, I tell you what, at some point in the future, Northern Ireland are going to have one hell of a World Cup team. <laughs> yep. And I thought I, I just had it the sort of thing. Oh, I tell you what, you know, maybe we'll give it five, six years. That could be the team. You know, that could be the team that everybody's terrified. You know, that year that everyone was absolutely terrified of meeting Wales because those two were they were the most the two most informed players on the planet. Like that that could be Northern Ireland in, in not a tremendously long period of time. That what a future that that um, that World Cup team could have. It, it, the first thing that popped in my head when he said that is, I feel like we need a next gen World Cup. Because my God, that would be good to see with them guys in. Yeah, I want to see them in the 30s World Cup. That's what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we do that in some sort of fantasy thing? Can we do it under 30s World Cup? That'd be great. So, I guess we are now going to move on to tomorrow night. However, it feels very weird because we're talking about the future of Dart here. But when we move on to tomorrow night, if someone would have said five years ago that this game would be day number one in the last 16 time, we are moving on to Raymond Van Barneveld versus Simon Whitlock, Dan. And we've spoke about the future, but these two players, especially this week, this week, Barney in particular, can produce some magic stuff. And this is going to be a difficult one to predict. It it really is. Well, I don't know whether it is or isn't. It's not for me. Like, I know exactly what I think is, is, is going to happen. Um, I, think, I, think, I think Barney wins comfortably. Um, and 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 I I don't know. So that like Barney's a he's a, like I'm a big fan of Barney, and and so there was something he said. Like so he, he was he he's done quite a bit of media this week, and he, and he did he did a he did an interview with, with with Polly where he was he was walking down the canal and he was explaining where he was at and what he was doing, and uh, he was talking about his like his goals and his targets, and he said, well he said, well my, my and he and he said with a complete straight face, with no irony at all. He said, well my 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 aim is is to just make sure that I'm. I'm, I'm top 32 and see for the World Championships. And then I came and I, 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 at that when he said it, I had to look up the rankings. I was thinking, hang on, like, what? And I thought, really? Like, is, he, is that a realistic? But I, I just think he's in the, I, 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 I think that he has hit, um, it, it's not even his darts play for, for me. I just think it's like, I think it's upstairs. I think he's, I think he's clicked probably for the first time since he came back on the tour. Where, like, he's he's convinced himself and 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 me that he he really means it. Now now, I, I I'm not sure that will be enough, you know, to carry him deep into the tournament. Looking at where his games at at the minute, 
Um, you know, Whitlock does have potential and uh, to to play amazing. Like he, he's got that, he's got that amazing A game, and 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 the guy can rattle off one eighties for 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 fun, and 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 he scores incredibly well all the time. But I, I just think I think Barney's got to uh, Whitlock is up and down, and he's been up and down more so in the last two years than probably ever in his career. Um, we see some great stuff from him, and then we see very little, and then and it goes up and down a bit. We've seen some good stuff from him this week. I'm not convinced he can sustain it. We're all like at that level through the tournament. So yeah, for for me, it's a it's a comfortable Barney win. So chat room, get your predictions in. Comfortable Barney win, Dan. We're on this show for the next three nights, so definitely for the next two. We've got a little challenge coming up because I'm facing you with these predictions because I need to win something at some points. So I'm coming up against you. I am noting these down. These are going down and we are going to have a look at these. We're like Super 6, like three three points for a card, five points for a correct score, two points for a correct winner. We're going to, we're going to do it we, we, we can do exactly that. Dan, Barney, 10. What are you doing? 10-6. 10-6. I am going for Whitlock. I do think it will be close. I am going for 10-8 for Simon Whitlock. Next time up, I feel like they've messed up a little bit on this order because for me, this is also a great day and it's only second. But it is. And Tommy, thanks for agreeing with me. That means we'd, if anyone agrees with me normally, it means it's never going to happen. Tommy is down for 10-8 Whitlock. Um, next up is Michael Smith and Rob Pross again. Looking at this, looking at um, tomorrow night, if there was one game and there was only one game I was able to watch, I think it would be Michael Smith and Rob Cross. I've tipped Michael yeah. Smith to do want to lift the title this week. Um, and yes, the 180s haven't been there. Is it only two in three games? If memory serves me right, it's not been it's not been normal, Michael Smith. However, for him to get over the line in in the group. And to now be in the last 16, he can now find a way to step that up. So I won't give my stall on just yet. So I'm still thinking about it. I'll come over to you, Dan. But I can only see one winner in this in Michael Smith. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. I think you know, I, I definitely think that it's a it's a Michael Smith win. Um I, I haven't seen enough from Rob Croft this week that makes me think he's gonna pose any real any real problem. I think that the longer format plays into Michael Smith's hands more so because it just gives you more opportunities to bang 180s in and to and to hit a bit of a rhythm. Michael Smith's such a rhythm player that one, once he's on, he's in and he sort of tunes it in quite well. So I, I think that it, that longer format does lend very well with that rhythm that he plays. Um, I don't think it's quite as, as, as heavy. I, I'm, I'd go 10-7, Smith. I'm go 10-6. 10-6, I am thinking. You're saying 10-7? Let's have a look in the chat room. Tommy's on 10-6, Michael Smith. Jack, um, Jack, there is no two clear leads rule in the Grand Slam. It will just be best of 19. So you don't 11-9, Smith. I'll take that as a 10-9. Tollins uh, on 10-5 to Bully Boy. There's a 10-7 for Barney in the previous game. And Darren's followed that up with a 10-5, Michael Smith. Game number three tomorrow night. Derwin Price versus Danny Noppert. Another another top dame. 
some of these, it, it is hard to believe that these are just last 16 games, but it is Noppy UK Open winner against world number one. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, it's, I think for me, me personally, I think it's probably the, the hardest one to pick of these. Um, because... Dan, Dan, just before you do, just think about, because I wasn't on last night, just think about winning your group and then being told you'd have to win prize in the next round. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's heartbreaking that, isn't it? It's not nice, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. You know, yeah, there is absolutely no advantage at all, is there? So it's, um, it's, it's, he's, had a, he's had a poor draw, Danny Nopper. Um, and, and, and I think... That yeah, I think he's dead right. I think Danny Nopper is not gonna come through it. Um, again, I think it's gonna be slightly tighter than than the last two because I think Danny's gonna gonna dig in quite well. But Gerwin Price just had, and we saw it at the end of that last game. Just has that level and that gear to go to. Certainly, when he is in Wolverhampton, he can find that gear, and I think he finds that gear. Relatively late in the game, and I think it's a 10-8 to Gezi Price, but I'm going to have him coming from behind and winning probably three on the bounce to do it. Erwin Price and Wolverhampton, just our hand in hand. Um, it's so difficult to pick. Because I actually think Noppy's dame is getting close to when he picked up the UK Open and elements of that. You know what? I have just I have just written down my answer and I'm changing it. I am going for Noppy to close the upset. Do you think Peter not being there or do you think Peter getting knocked out makes any difference whatsoever to Gezi Price? Mindset, no. you know. No. No, I, I'm, I'm not. I've no, just seen. Not for me. Not people talking. Um, maybe if it was, maybe if it was later on, and I don't. Maybe to then, but I, I don't think it will. I, I don't think it, it has that impact just yet. But I'm going for knock it's done through it, and I think it's going to be tight. I'm with you around the store lines. I'm going to go with ten out, but just the opposite way. I think knock it can come through that one. And Tommy has also got the shot. The defense comes to an end. I'm with you there. Tommy, I think we're agreeing on quite a bit tonight. This is not done at Ludwood for you, mate. Um, Darren's done 10-8. Price is done with you, Dan. Um, price 10-7. Price 10-6. Price is coming out the favourite, as expected. I just think Noppy can cause that upset. But it's worked out quite well draw-wise because whoever comes through that will be favourite going into Whitlock or Barney. Then, moving on to the fourth and final game of tomorrow night, Dan. This one is between Dirk van Dijvenbode and Joe Cullen. Your thoughts on that one? I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to make a prediction that I think if you'd have asked me to predict this game at any time in the last two years, I'd have given you a different prediction. Then I, I would have picked a different winner and a different score. But I just think, you know, sometimes the stars align and, and, and that's the way that things are looking. Um I think it's Dirk van Dijvenbode at 10-7. Um, I think Dirk looks really sharp at the minute. 
And and I think in the, la- the last few times we've seen him on telly, in the latter part of, of some of the Pro Tour events, we've, we've seen him certainly looking very sharp, like he wants to do it, wants to do a bit. Joe has had some big, big highs this year, and he's had some tremendous nights in the Premier League. Um, he looks a little bit fragile at the moment. Um, looked a bit fragile early doors against Lisa. Now, this is a longer format, and he had to come from behind there. And you know, in, in a longer format, he looked at that game and said he was never in danger because you know because he because he caught it up so quickly. Uh, you won't need to get out so fast, but Dirk Van Dijvenbode is such a fast starter, and he does go at it immediately. Like you don't get chance to work into a game really with him. Um, I just think Dirk gets it gets it over the line. And I, but I think if you'd have asked me that question to predict that game in the last sixteen, if you'd have asked me any time in the last two years, I'd have back coloured, but not right now. I still, I still back Joe to get the job done. Um, I can see what you're saying about dirt. I think the levels are there for dirt. Just the London format, I think, suits Joe just with the experience he's had in that London format more recently. And I just think that Joe Tullen will get over the line. I'm going to go with the same storyline as you were then, Dan. Actually, I'm going to go with 10 7, just the re- reverse, um, reverse player in that one. So, just to confirm, Dan, you've done Barney 10 6, Smith 10 7, Price 10 8, and Dirt 10 7. I've done Whitlock 10-8, Smith 10-6, Noppy 10-8 and Cullen 10-7. We only agree on one result and that is... Well, that's, that's quite good though because that means this time tomorrow night <laughs> at least one of us looks a fool, don't they? <laughs> or, or like normal, both of us will somehow still look like fools. Yeah, I was going to say, we might manage to equally get it completely wrong. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah. Just a few in the chat room then before we go. Jack has done for... 10-4 to Dirt. Tommy's done for a last led decider and he's putting an absolute belter. I think any of those four names, if we get 10-9, we are in for a belter. He's done for Dirt in that one. Darren's done 10-9 Cullen. Whatever happens in this game, and Colin's done 10-9 Cullen. Whatever happens, it seems like 19 leds is on. They are because everyone seems to be dying for It's a really good set of games. Yeah, it's a great set of dames. Dan, as normal, thank you very much for your company. I am looking forward to be joined with you tomorrow night. I've got the stores on the screen. I'll make sure I send them over to you. No, I've not. Um, <laughs> even though it's on YouTube and it's there to be seen by everyone. Everyone else in the chat room, thank you very much for your participation and listening along as normal. Where We are in for another fantastic night tomorrow night when we start at 7 o'clock as per, but we move to the best of 19. As I miss them off at the start, I'll make sure I don't miss them off ball sports. Thank you very much for your continued support. And remember to look at the recommended bets at the start of each day that Phil will put on our websites. Also, I know there's a comment in the chat room around the interviews. The interviews are available from today's name on our website, on YouTube, sorry. Um, they Hopefully, from tomorrow night, we will have the clips in the show. So we'll try and let them in in between each day as we move into the last 16. So we've just gone past midnight in the UK. Thank you very much, as always, for joining us. And me and Dan will see you tomorrow night. Good night.